Don't suffer by yourself. In our Catholic faith, in our Christian faith, we are not called to independence. We are called to dependence on one another. We depend on the other members of the body of Christ with Jesus as the head. So yes, depend on Jesus, lean into him in prayer, go to other Christians, mentors in the faith, people who can help you to grow spiritually and direct you and and talk to them about it so that it's not just the devil taking you out of the game. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Ty Hua here with my co-host, John Cons, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect practical advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Today, we're answering the question, how do I avoid burnout? John, how are you? Good morning. It's kind of a novel experience getting to record in the morning. Usually, we're doing this late at night. Yes. But that's that, you know, it's that, that's that dad life though. If you want to do something that for yourself, you kind of have to fit it in around the family obligations. But today it just happens to work out because you're, you're fitting in golf today. I'm fitting in golf today. This is <laughs> something that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, we know that. <laughs> yep. I, um, I've been golfing now for probably about 14 or 15 years and probably for the last five years, I haven't gotten worse than I haven't gotten better. Mm. So, You're not a person who likes to stand still. You like to, you like to grow. Yeah. I'm, have you ever heard of the Kaizen method of continual improvement? Nope. Where if you improve 1% every single day versus trying to, you know, get really good for a short amount of time and then just expiring. Mm-hmm. So they say, what is it? If you if you improve 1% every if you train one time every single day, right? That's 365 days versus if you trained once a week, that's 52 times. For the person that trained once a week, you're you're actually it would take you 7 years to get in the same amount of training as somebody that trained every single day. And if you train once a month, it's like another 20 no, it's a total of 20 years that you would need to catch up to that person that trained every single day. But no, I, I, I don't like to stay um, in one area. And I know what I need to do. I just, it just doesn't fit the budget and it doesn't add to anything to the family. <laughs> and, and the thing I need to do is just fork over the money to take lessons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hiring a professional to tell me what I'm doing or, or how to um, even like think. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? How to how to work, um, how to change your paradigm, how to formulate a structure to where now you can actually improve. Mm-hmm. It's sustaining improvement. Yeah, I you mentioned the hundred hour rule. I think it was yep. a while back. Where if essentially if you practice for fifteen minutes a day or eighteen minutes a day, I forget the math, but per year, yep, per year that you're going to be better than 95% of people at whatever that task is. And I I was looking that up. That's actually a study that was done by the people who came up with the 10,000 hour rule to become a, an expert or world-class at whatever. Um, They said that's actually a hundred hours. will get you almost there. 10,000 is just like that next step up. So I've been thinking about that though. I'm like, what, 
what do I want to work at for 18 minutes a day <laughs> so that I can become really good at it? And so now I just got to whittle down my list and then, you know, eventually I'll start practicing, but I got to figure out what I want to practice first. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I mean, it, it comes full circle with, with what we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, and it it's trying to avoid burnout while improving. Well, and a lot of times simply improving at something will help you to experience that forward momentum that helps you to avoid burnout or avoid that feeling of burnout because there's still growth happening. And so, yeah, let's let's dive in today a little bit. We're going to talk about burnout. I know this is something that's near and dear to your heart because you've helped out in parishes in, in a number of ways and have experienced probably your own burnout on some levels, wouldn't you say? 100%. I have more experience with burnout with myself than I mm. do with parishes just because I'm I was just a catechist um i didn't really have any you know say in in everyday ministry stuff it's just here's your crate here's your class here are your kids good luck um Mm -hmm. for me burnout i think it's more on the apologetical side there's burnout there i think everybody goes through those those hills and valleys with their own spirituality um that's kind of a I would say a cousin of the burnout you know you get so on fire with God that you're you're reading scripture you're reading all the 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 works by the different saints or you know biographies of the saints and you're going to mass going to daily mass and soon enough you just kind of slowly burn out I I don't know what what the the best way to put it is kind of the rhythm of consolation and desolation which are normal which are normal parts of the rhythm and you know, one of some of the things that we'll talk about even can can actually apply to consolation and desolation as well, which ultimately is continuing to grow, continuing to move forward. In desolation, you're not supposed to change anything. You're just con- the spiritual discipline. The spiritual rule is: if you're in desolation, you just continue to do what you discerned that you were supposed to do. So you just kind of continue with your daily duties, your daily obligations, the where you're at until you get. To a point where um, you can discern again in consolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would say for myself, I don't know that I've ever been truly burnt out. Um, I had a, a period of time where God was really deeply working in my heart, and I was trying to leave ministry to <laughs> to avoid that painful, uh, just that experience of, of what he was calling me to do. And I've had other times where other elements of my other aspects of my life, you know, relationships fall apart and just really struggling in those moments of life. But as far as burnout related to ministry, I I don't know that I've ever truly been burnt out. And the one thing that I'll credit with that we'll talk about is ultimately prayer. And and I think that's the number one thing. But I I, I would just, I I don't know that I've been burnt out. And it's just because these are, and we'll talk about those three things that ultimately I've leaned on to avoid getting to a position or a point of feeling burnt out. And we, we do, we kind of know it when we see it. These are those people who've been in ministry. It doesn't have to be a long time, but you can just tell they're, they're not in, they're, they're not full of joy in their ministry. They're starting to get grumpy, a little cantankerous. They're not necessarily pleasant to be around in the context of their parish work. Just that burnout where, again, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of joy in, there's not a lot of joy in the work, working for the kingdom, in building the kingdom. And these are the three areas that I've, in my experience, just talking with, you know, hundreds of ministry professionals over the years, my experience 
is that there's really three areas. The number one, the number one reason for burnout, that's lack of prayer. If there's a lack of prayer, there will be burnout. Um, The second one is not setting and keeping and holding professional boundaries. That that's a surefire way to experience burnout down the line because they're always going to add one more thing. And if you don't have a clearly defined boundary like this, this is where work it begins. This is where work ends. That's that can lead to burnout. The other one is just feeling like there's no forward momentum. If we feel like we're working day and day and day after day and there's no forward momentum, we're not able to implement any of the changes, any of the things that will be impactful. Um, that can lead to burnout too, because it just feels like you're fighting this never-ending fight with very little support, swimming in the ocean all by yourself, and that can lead to burnout too. So let's dive, let's dive into those a little deeper. Uh, prayer being that first one, obviously there just needs to be a habit of living prayer. And we've talked about this, John chapter 15, how Jesus says, if you don't abide in me, you will not bear fruit and you will be pruned, right? When we lose sight of Jesus, we're like Peter. We sink beneath the waves. And on the other side of that, though, when we pray, we more easily meet Jesus and we see him more actively. So the more we pray, we actually encounter him more, or at least it heightens our spiritual senses, our our eyes to see him at work around us and with us. And so we don't feel like we're, you know, just swimming on our own, just paddling in in the ocean by ourselves. We realize that Jesus is here with us doing this work. So the more we pray, the more we're connecting with God in true contemplative meditative prayer especially in the scriptures the more clearly we'll see that he is working alongside us and if jesus is with me in the struggle then i can keep my eyes on him and i and i can feel a lot more like i'm walking on water instead of sinking in the water so when they did studies after all the the clerical abuses that came out in in the past decades the number one thing that, that priests could point to or that they could point to in these priests' lives who committed these abuses is that at some point, they experienced a laziness in prayer. They stopped fulfilling their obligations to read the divine office. They stopped taking time to actually pray with the scriptures to be with Jesus in adoration. This laziness in prayer was the start of their downfall. Right? And again, John 15, if you don't abide in me, you will bear no fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. But there's another little part of, of prayer that I think gets overlooked as well. Um, and, and I would put that there needs to be, be a habit of authentic repentance, right? So not just that you're praying, but there's a habit of repentance in prayer. Um, because with, without true repentance, there is no true prayer, right? That's, that's the thing that keeps people from entering the kingdom of God is a lack of repentance. That's the one thing, Right? We need to repent of our sins so that we can make ourselves right with God. And if we don't repent, we are not moving towards the kingdom. And this is something that we see and deeply lament too when we look at people who have made major mistakes, created serious grave sins in the name of the church, is when they refuse to repent, like we really begin to fear for them. And that becomes this really gross and really awful thing when we see that there is no repentance for these grievous offenses, the grievous sins. On the other hand, if we do see repentance, it's a reason for hope. That is a reason for hope. When we, I heard a speaker one time talk about the difference between Peter and Judas. Both Peter and Judas betrayed Jesus in his hour of need, right? They, They both betrayed him. 
The difference between Peter and Judas is that Peter repented. He repented of his sin. Judas did not. If if Judas had, had truly repented, we'd have churches dedicated to Judas the repentant. Right? So there's just this difference and the fruit that comes out of repentance that's born of that. But also what it does is it restores us to a point where we are disposed to receive the Lord again. And so we need that, that habit, not just of prayer, but of genuine repentance. So making sure that we, we are taking time, yes, to specifically confess our sins to God in prayer, but to go to confession. Go and receive that sacrament. Restore yourself to grace. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So again, this doesn't mean that that we don't need that we need to be perfect. You know, Father Josh Johnson. I mean, he talks about uh, Mark G. Taiyang. Taiyang. I'm not saying that right, but he's a Chinese lay Catholic, and he was a doctor, and he was he was martyred during the the Box Rebellion. Um, but what had happened is that he was a doctor. He ended up becoming addicted to his own opium that he could prescribe to people, and he became an addict. And he he would go to confession almost daily to try and get free, but he was never able to overcome his addiction. But despite the fact that he was never able to overcome that addiction, he was canonized in, in 2000 by um, John Pope John Paul II, right? So there's, there's even though we need to be repentant, even though we should grow in holiness and we should grow and, and fight against our vices, right? I still don't know a single person in ministry who doesn't struggle with sin, um, even grave sin, at least on occasion, right? And the, the reason for this is that the more public you are in ministry, the harder the devil's going to come after you, right? He doesn't want you to be effective in bringing people to Jesus. Um, and that's why we need to be like First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. We need to be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, right? So the devil's just coming after you. That makes it harder to avoid sometimes even serious sin. The next one is because the deeper you go on the journey of faith, the more the more heinous just normal sin becomes. And, and I, cussing's a great example of this, right? People are never surprised when they hear me swear. <laughs> they just don't because, you know, I'm a big fat sinner. I'm in need of redemption. But imagine Mother Teresa dropping in the F word. How gross that would feel. How heinous that, that would feel. Because suddenly you've got this woman who just exudes this holiness, who's gone down this, this deep um, interior life of prayer with the Lord. She's so devout, right? And this little sin that goes relatively unnoticed in someone like me seems to just grate like nails on a chalkboard in the souls of those who, who are very, very devout and, and a little further down that path of holiness. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, I can't see it. See Mother, what? Mother Teresa. Swearing, dropping. No, I know you can't even you can't even imagine it because, but that's that's the reality is that the the deeper down the road of of holiness we go, suddenly these sins that seem a little more gray area, you know, there's a little more wiggle room in them. There becomes less and less wiggle room the the further down that path of holiness that that you go. So, we need to pray. Read your Bible every day, and if you don't know how to uh, how to pray with Scripture. Check out Meditation and Contemplation by Father Timothy Gallagher. It's a great book. It can give you a great entryway into that. And that's one of those things where I didn't know how to pray with Scripture, but I started doing it. After I'd been praying with Scripture for about a year, I read Meditation and Contemplation by Father Timothy Gallagher. And I realized like, oh, this is what I'm doing. So it's just a great way to go like, oh, I am already, I do have a healthy habit of prayer. I am doing things quote unquote right, you know. 
and then go to confession once a month. And yeah, we, we just, we got to really, we got to pray. We got to repent. We got to stay connected to Jesus. That's number one for avoiding burnout. The second thing that we really need to focus on is setting professional boundaries. And this is, this is huge for Catholic ministry professionals because this, this falls right in the realm of those crucial conversations that we need to have when we see the direction that God is leading us. One is setting those boundaries. And that's because when, when you're excellent at what you do and you're in the church, they're always going to ask you to give a little more. And as somebody who works in the church, you probably have a heart for that. You want to do more. But there's only so much we can do. Um, two areas where this definitely happens is um, when we worship where we work. If you work at a church and you also worship at that church, it's hard to set that professional boundary so that you can just be with Jesus. You might be going to Mass with your family. You're not, you're not working then. You're at Mass with your family. If you're at Adoration, you're at Adoration. You're not working you know, those are things that you kind of need to set that line. And this means that you might need to have some one-liners in your pocket that you can say to people that aren't going to completely turn them off from the faith or from working with you, but become those opportunities for crucial discussions that set that line that says, I'm not working right this moment. So a simple, you know, I'd love to chat with you more about that. Send me an email and I'll follow up. And I will tell you, that's a that's a great filter too because there's so many people who have really strong opinions in the moment and they see you and they want to come at you with them and you say that's great let's talk about that this week send me an email and 85% of the time they're never going to send you an email because it's really not that big of an issue to them and so that can filter out a lot of the the headaches those those roadblocks that you can run into and feel like I have to attack this right now I have to deal with this right now right so you can do this if they corner you in the chapel during your prayer time if they're they're cornering you at mass you just that little one-liners like that can be great ways to put a little boundary in the line in the way that says hey this is important we're not going to deal with it right now cuz i'm not working right now yeah one one thing you shouldn't do is probably say get out of my face ethel and then like <laughs> give her a, a little you know jab like with your head towards her, <laughs> try to get her to flinch and back not off. Now, not now, Ethel. <laughs> so don't don't do that. Yeah. Uh, if I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. Also, not a great line. Yep. But I'll I'll follow up with you next summer on the ice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's one is worshiping where you work. Another area where it's important to put in those uh, professional boundaries is. When you just have to say no to having to doing more work. And, and this is where that acronym, the CPR, you got to lay out the content. You got to identify the pattern and discuss the relationship. Um, and an example of this for me was when I was working at a Catholic school. Um, I had gotten into the habit of tracking my hours just because it, it seemed I needed to know for myself what am, what am I practically doing here because I was working on another presentation to bring to my pastor and, and discuss some things. But he actually, at the time he was, he started asking me to put in more hours outside of what I was already doing. And because I'd been tracking my hours, I knew I was working 50 to 55 hours a week at a Catholic school. Um, and my contract only obligated me to be there for, for 40 hours. And it only obligated me to be there during the school day. So I was already putting in 40 hours during the school day. I was doing an extra 5 to 10, um, sometimes 15 hours between weekend events and evening events. 
So I was already doing above and beyond my contract hours. And so the conversation I had as I laid out that content, okay, you're asking me to do this. These are the number of hours I'm already putting in. Like it's, And so the pattern is that it's been trending up. So CP content pattern. Um, and so I said, this is how this is going to reflect, reflect our, this is how this is going to affect our relationship. If you want me to do more hours outside in the evening hours, we need to renegotiate my contract so that it doesn't obligate me to be here during the day. And, and I said, so that, that was then the moment where I actually said, I need to put in some guardrails here just to protect my life. And that was when I truly began to work 40 hours a week. So all of that to say is that you do not have to continue to say yes. It is okay to say no. And that is actually a very healthy thing to do, especially if you've got another state of life vocation, like a marriage that you need to guard and protect, like a family that you need to guard and protect. Because yes, you could always bring your family along to do another event, to serve at the soup kitchen, yada, yada. And those are good things. But you actually have a greater obligation to your family than you do to your job. And so you need you need to be comfortable with saying, this is the line. And this is where we're going to draw it. But to have some tools in your pocket to have those crucial conversations is important. And again, CPR, content pattern relationship, is a great way to define that conversation, to have it in a way that can hopefully keep it from becoming anything that ever needs to be um, overly confrontational. So I got a question on that. How did, yeah, how did, was it a father that asked you to do that? No, no, this was the principal. Oh, so then how did the principal react with the CPR method? He honestly, he was just like, oh, you know, that makes sense. And actually, I think he changed that stipulation in my, <laughs> and this is where I think I talked on a previous episode, how we just didn't have like a real working relationship um, be, because it just hadn't been established. I had a go between. So I, I, I said that and um, he, he just took it. He's like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Uh, we might have to relook it. We might have to look at that again. Just the contract negotiation. He just, yeah, we might have to look at that then. But I think he changed that going into the next year, but never communicated that to me. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, it was just one of those things where, again, it, I think we're surprised. You know, if you lay things out in a way that makes sense, if you can find a good method for relating those, it's not, it's not like you're, it doesn't sound like you're bucking the system. It just sounds like you're trying to operate in what what's already been established. Um, and create a conversation for moving forward. So the third area where we might experience burnout or might lead to a burnout is just a feeling that there's no forward momentum in our work. That just, no matter what we do, we're constantly running up against the same wall every time. And I, I want to reverence this because this is so painful. This can be so painful when you are just trying to bring people to Jesus. You're just trying to transform lives with the gospel message to fulfill the mission of the church, and you run into the same roadblocks again and again and again. That is so painful. But when that happens, guess what it is? What is time for, Ty? Time to do a new thing. <laughs> it's time to do a new thing. Yes, you got you to gotta try something new. You got to find a workaround for that stumbling block. You got to find a way to climb over or get around that wall or just pivot and go a different direction. You got to let God refresh your ministry by having better conversations, doing better work, and becoming a better leader. And this is where the Catholic ministry professionals framework can help you. 
You got to have some tools for looking at these situations and finding a workaround, finding a way to move things forward, especially because they're difficult. And so we just want to revisit that framework. Do you need to have a better conversation? Starting with God. So again, this ties us into that first thing. Are you praying? If you're running into the same headaches, the same walls every time, are you praying against those walls? Especially if they're directly in uh, conflict with what you have discerned God is calling you to do. You got to pray that stuff out. You got to fast against that. Get some blessed salts and sprinkle them around the rooms, right? Don't let the devil in there to play. So you got to discern. You got to share that vision with people and you got to have the crucial conversations. If if Ethel is getting in the way every single time because she doesn't like new things, then you're going to have to find a way to communicate to her that new things are happening. You got to have those crucial conversations. C-P-R. Ethel, this is what we're doing. This is the pattern I've seen. This is how it's affecting the relationship. Let's move forward. I want a coffee mug that says, get out my face, Ethel. <laughs> you know what? We 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 just uh, we created an online store. I want to invite all of our listeners. Go to catholicministryprofessionals.com and click on the store in our navigation. We'll, we'll get an Ethel mug out there. Yes. A whole series. Let's do a whole series of Ethel mugs. <laughs> Here's what I will say, though. On this no forward momentum, most ministry professionals aren't training. Do they have meetings? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are the majority of them pointless and could be emails? Yes. If you feel like you have no forward momentum, this is your call to get something lined up. Now, we would love it. If you reached out to us, we would be ecstatic in helping you, but get something, do anything that is going to help you build up enough momentum to run through that same wall that you've been hitting every single time. It's time to do something new because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. So let somebody help you in your ministry, whether by Mm -hmm. training, whether by just walking alongside of you to do an audit of like, hey, here's what you're doing. Here's why you've been getting what you've been getting. And it's so crucial. It it really is. Mm -hmm. If you aren't actively looking to build that momentum or to train you and your staff to break out of that, that funk of, I don't know, just mediocrity is what I'll call it, where nothing gets done, everything gets talked about, but literally nothing is executed. So, Send us a message. Give us a call. We'll help you. We'll, we'll help you to uh, build new skills if that is the case. Absolutely, yeah. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And that change is going to start with you. And, and this burnout, burnout doesn't mean that God is calling you out of ministry. It doesn't mean you need to leave ministry. And, and sometimes people leave ministry before they should have just because they didn't do everything they could to be able to solve these simple, oftentimes simple problems that are right in front of them. So, yes, please, reach out. And on that note, I think we can head to the devil's advocate. (laughs) Ah, fire! John, those are great tips for somebody that, you know, is looking to avoid burnout, but I'm already burnt out. The wick in my candle is gone. So 
those may help somebody to avoid it, but I'm all, I'm too far gone. I I, th I think that's it for me. What do you got? Uh, again, I want to reference that because there are plenty of people who are burnt out. And especially if you've been burnt out for a while and you're just running on empty, there's a lot of things that probably a lot of habits that are built up that kind of get in your own way. But if you are already experiencing burnout, the solution is the same as for those who are trying to avoid burnout. If you are burnout, first thing you need, you need Jesus. You got to pray. You probably need to go on retreat and you need to insist on it. Say, Father, I'm burnt out. I need to reconnect with Jesus. I'd like to go on a retreat. And most of the time, pastors are, are hoping to keep you on. And so they're willing to work with you. They want to make those things happen for you. But you got to go to Jesus because if you've been lazy in your prayer, sometimes there's real spiritual attachments that happen there. You might need to find like an unbound conference or some kind of conference that can help you to pray against those spirits that want to take you out of the game. Because this is where the real spiritual battle is. If you are burnt out, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Make a regular holy hour. Go to Jesus. Pull your Bible out in the morning. Go to Jesus. Right? Pull your Bible out in the evening. Go to Jesus. And I'm not saying you got to get all hippie happy, you know, reading all the happy stuff. Maybe you got to dive into some really, the, there's, there's psalms that are really deep in their partnership, how they walk alongside you in the dark valley. So if that's where you are at, if that's the reason for your burnout, go be there with Jesus. So again, you got to go to Jesus. That's number 1. Number 2, you probably got to set some professional boundaries. And and that might just say, "Hey, I got to I got to take a little more time to pray. I got to take a little more time to do this. Um I got to set these boundaries." Maybe part of the reason is your your marriage is struggling because you've been prioritizing the ministry over your marriage. And that's disordered. So you might need to talk to Father and say, hey, content, I've been working 60 hours a week. Um, the, the, the pattern is that I'm, I'm, having, I'm constantly letting down my husband or my kids and missing their events. And it's affecting my relationship this way with my family, like we, we're falling apart. It's affecting my relationship with the parish and with God and with you, Father, in this way. So we need to adjust my expectations for my job. Have a real conversation with them. And then the final one is, obviously, you're probably not experiencing forward momentum. So you got to come up with a real plan for action aimed at moving the mission of Jesus forward. And if you want help with any of that, you can give us a call. We're, we are not trained psychologists or psychiatrists. We can't fix all those problems for you. We can refer you to people. Uh, but we're here to help. And if, if you need help moving the mission forward, if you need help creating a plan of action or planning out a crucial conversation, you reach out to us. You can send us an email at catholicmenpros at gmail.com. And remember, God has called you into this ministry. He says, I am trying to do a new thing. And now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He's calling you into this. He wants healing. He wants restoration. And he wants joy in the ministry that you're called to. So with that, let's move on to some actionable steps. For our actionable step this week, we're actually going to do one thing. And it's really simple. If you feel like you are headed towards burnout, or if you are in, in the midst of being burnt out, um, the one thing that I want you to do this week is identify a person that you are comfortable telling about this burnout. 
right? I want you to relate it to them. And it might be your pastor. That might be the right person. It might be another friend in ministry that you really trust, that you see as kind of a mentor. But it needs to be someone who can look at it in a very practical way with the eyes of the church, with an understanding of the spiritual forces that are in play, like a spiritual director, and and tell them about your experience so that they can help you to identify more specific steps related to your situation. And those steps might be in prayer, specific things you need to pray against or pray for. Um, They might be things you need to discern in your own life. They might also be more related to professional boundaries that you need to set or to that third part, which is the fact that there's no momentum. Maybe there are some action steps you need to take. But that first step is not to be an island unto yourself. Don't suffer by yourself. When in, our, in our Catholic faith, in our Christian faith, we are not called to independence. We are called to dependence on one another. We depend on the other members of the body of Christ with Jesus as the head. So yes, depend on Jesus, lean into him in prayer, go to other Christians, mentors in the faith, people who can help you to grow spiritually and direct you and, and talk to them about it so that it's not just the devil taking you out of the game so that you are doing everything that you can to fulfill that mission. And so I, that's what I really want to encourage us to do this week is identify someone in your life that you can bring into that conversation to help you to discern and help you to move forward. I like that. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you found today's show helpful, just please immediately text it to your pastor, send it to a friend in Catholic ministry so that others can find out about the show and begin transforming their parish through their work. And give us some feedback by either submitting an honest review on your podcast app or by emailing us at catholicminpros at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or at catholicministryprofessionals.com. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard. (laughs) 